the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. I have two fantastic examples of the exact opposite with me, and one is Ramon B. I can't believe it's been a week yeah, it seems like it seems like only yesterday, really. Minutes ago, almost like almost like. minutes. And then Sammy B. Sammy, welcome back to the big show. Hi, Bob. Hi, Ramon. How do he learned it's he learned it's radio. He didn't just wave like he used to last week. Remember a week ago, Thumbs he was up. untrained. He didn't. Now he's a pro. Just seems like five minutes. So radio pro. Went fast. That's right. So uh, uh, today's topic. Today's topic. It was a bit of a cliffhanger. It's a from story last week. of pain. Yeah. We're going to have a story of pain. Overcoming adversity is today's topic. And uh, I'm going to let Sam B tell you his story because it's now it, the, uh, the way I hoodwinked him on the, We were having breakfast together. Yeah. And I said, You want to be on the podcast and tell that crazy story? He said, Yes. And here we go. And here tell we us go. the story, Sam. Okay. So, I mean, get comfortable. Get comfortable. Um, well, I mean, adversity. Oh, is, wait a minute! We forgot the headlines of the day. Oh yeah. darn! Oh crap! I can't believe we now oh. nobody wants to hear the headlines of the day. Oh, they were all set up. They for were the ready to go. Well, let's. You want to do the headline? Yeah. Hmm. Researchers. Uh oh. Research. We love the researchers, don't we, Ramon? We do. They did a little research. They polled people. They asked, um, "What is the most dangerous activity?" What would you guess? Um, probably blowing up mountains for bridges. <laughs> yeah, that's one. That, that would did, be one. I would that imagine. did not make the list. Really? You know what was on the list? Sword swallowing. Yeah, that would be a, a bit difficult. Yeah. yeah. You know what's more dangerous than that that did not make the list? Mm. Doing my own taxes. Horrible idea. Ain't that the truth? That's why I married a CPA. Oh, there you go. She also doesn't do my taxes. Okay, so Sam here has a crazy story about overcoming adversity that has nothing to do with my taxes. Yes, I do. How's it start, Sammy? So, I mean, which one? I got no, many you, crazy no, no, stories. Just the one that ends in the in the snow. Oh, oh. He's from Alaska. I should yeah, mention that. So I'm from Alaska, and um, so I don't know. Back in 2010, it was a very cold. November night, probably like, I don't know, eight degrees, maybe colder, and um, which is really cold, you know, especially down here. Heck, I've been here for a year, I think. Six here months. in Arizona is what he meant. We're oh. nationwide here, oh, Sam. You got to lay it out for people. <laughs> I'm just used to, you know, Alaska, you know, we're mm-hmm. not even considered a state, part of Alaska. It wasn't a state when I was born. Yeah, There's sure. a fun fact. Oh. 
So, um, yeah, so I was having a rough time at life. My life's always been adverse. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was, you know, it was a really dark time. You had a bad childhood. Eh, no, my childhood wasn't really oh, that bad. Okay, well, I couldn't be more wrong about that. No, I mean, I, you know, I had a weird childhood. Yeah. You know, my parents are, you know, strange, and right, and hopefully, my mom's not going to listen to this. But, but yeah, I think there's a fair chance nobody's listening to this. But that's beside <laughs> the point. We don't need to worry. What about were you that. saying? <laughs> oh. What was that? Your yeah. mom's not going to hear it. No, that's good. So, um, yeah, it, not a bad childhood, but I, I was an idiot, though. You know, like I just, you know, kind of strayed from the path and did a lot of self-inflicted, like, um, you know, bad actions. And um, so anyways, so back in 2010, I was, you know, struggling with, you know, just life. And, um, you know, I decided like, you know, like I'm done. Like, you know, I'm just done with this. And you know, Alaska would do it to you. It's dark like twenty four hours a day for nine months out of the year. It's you know a horrible place. Never go there. And um, <laughs> he's not on the Chamber of Commerce, is he? No, nope, definitely no, he's not. <laughs> and um, but anyway, so yeah, so like, so I am. I ended up on this frozen lake, and um, and that's where I was gonna, you know, like you know, do myself in. And um, you're in a car. I'm in a car, and so I'm gonna. You can drive on the frozen yeah, lake. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to do this, you know, the whole carbon monoxide thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, at some point in time, I forgot to get the hose. Now, are you drunk? Uh, yeah. Drunk and... And getting the hose is not what you're thinking, Ramon. The no other. comment. Okay. All right. So, um, so instead, you know, like, I had, like, a couple of neckties in my socks. And so I stubbed the exhaust pipe thinking, like... You know, all the bad stuff would be in the car. Mm -hmm. And really, the only thing, well, after I turned on the car, they shot across this frozen lake. Right. So You're I not had, an engineer. Yeah, yeah. So I had to go look for him because that's all I had to put in the exhaust pipe. Mm -hmm. Put it back in. And I had like three attempts of like socks and the tie shooting out of an exhaust pipe across <laughs> this lake. Like a potato. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so this, this is serious stuff. This is a suicide attempt. Uh-huh. In the most goofiest way, I wish there was cameras on this. I mean, it, it'd be kind of funny mm -hmm. in a really morbid, dark way. But um, so finally, I got it going, and and I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in the passenger side for whatever reason, and um, I turn like the heat off because I didn't want the fan blowing anything out because I want you know. And what it was, I don't. It wasn't carbon monoxide. It was like gas fumes. So basically, mm -hmm. I was just huffing gas, and. Um, and I'm in this car, and I'm and to give a little backstory about you know I've always struggled with you know addiction and mm -hmm. substance abuse, and and I met a guy once that was a homeless street drunk, and he um would always complain about this frostbite that he had, and and he was just like the epitome of like a loser, and I'm like I am never going to be like that guy, and I remember like you know I have this, and were you drunk and high when this happened? Oh well, well, I mean I met when this guy in a car? rehab center. Oh, when you're in your yeah car. yeah I'm in the car. Okay. And, um, and yeah, I took like a, you know, like a, three days earlier to, you know, this, I took, it was like a nighttime sleeping aid, PM, Tylenol type mm -hmm. thing. And I Googled like what the death dosage would be. Mm -hmm. And it was like 1500 milligrams. And it was like three times that much. And I'm thinking, great. I'll be three times as dead. It should work. What's the death dosage of those donuts and ice cream. It's I think two three. per day might be three. one of Probably them. two per day for it's a week. Three. We we were up against yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we almost died last night. If we would have went back. Near-death experience, right? I mean, last week. Last week. That's what I meant to that's say. That's right. Boy. 
Boy, <laughs> See how, time, how he saved the show. Time flies. Oh, my God. So, but yeah, so I, so I remember thinking I had like a beautiful view. It was like a cold, crisp night. And I'm like, dude, this better work because I don't want to end up to be that guy. You know, because that was like, you know, just like. The frostbite Yeah, the guy. frostbite guy. You know, it was just like a complete loser. Mm-hmm. And um, and lights out, you know. And, and I came to. And I was in, you know, in Providence Hospital in Anchorage. Now, how did somebody find you? You know, at first, I didn't really know until years later. There was a guy that um, found me at like 2 in the morning. And I figured, like, you know, maybe he was out there doing, you know, because it's in the middle. What what are you doing at 2 in the morning in the middle of nowhere? Probably something not like. I think God sent him there. Yeah, That's yeah. More, most likely he did. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm like. And he the, finds you, yeah, rescues he, you, he, gets you. you. Know, and they vet, they have to helicopter me to Anchorage. Mm-hmm. And um, I get in there. Then what was the temperature that night at 2 a.m.? I don't know. But my body temp was like 86, 87 degrees. I mean, I was almost that's, dead. That's low. Like, yeah, it was low. And um, get me to the hospital. But it was 10 degrees or something like that. I don't remember none of that stuff. I remember other things. I had like this weird psychosis going on. And that, that could be a whole show just about that. But um, I get to the hospital. Every one of our shows is about that, so I, we don't need to do that. I come to, and I'm just kind of like, what What happened? And, you know, I look around, and I got like, I looked like Mickey Mouse because my hands and feet were so swollen, and they had like white bandages around. And I was like, my, they were black, like pitch black. And um, and I was just kind of like, what happened? You know, and I, I came to, and I had some friends, you know, there, and they're looking at me, and I'm looking at them, kind of like, what, you know, what's going on? And um, so anyway, so about the guy that found me years later, I'm flying in a helicopter with a couple of my coworkers. You know, my boss at that time had a helicopter chartered. We're flying back. We went down to Whittier around the mountain. We're coming back and we flew over that spot. And I'm like, you know, of course, I didn't tell anybody, but I'm like, that's the spot. And I look and there's a house right next to it. I thought I was in the middle of nowhere. There's a house right there, you know. Guy probably seemed like socks flying out of an exhaust pipe of a car and went to uh-huh. investigate. So, but that was the guy. Yeah, he lived there. Yeah. Wow. So, and then, and then, so I came too. Like, holy cow! Like, wh- what happened? And um, and I remember. So they gave me an epidural. So like, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel anything. And then when that went off, like when it wore off, I just started screaming, and I was worst pain, physical pain I ever experienced. And yeah, I'm you know, and they ended up you know filling me up full of oxys, and I'm allergic to oxys, I guess. So I'm all like you know welts, itching, you know red everywhere. So then they gave me Benadryl, and you know then they switched me to methadone, and you know I was convinced you know methadone should be an antidepressant because um, <laughs> like here, here you know like once it started working, this is the worst thing in my life, right? And I'm in the hospital. My mom had to fly up from my old hometown, Kodiak, and. And, you know, I had, you know, I know a lot of people. So I had people there with me, like, you know, I would wake up in the middle of the night and there'd be somebody, like two, three people looking at me. It was, mm-hmm. and um, so I definitely had a community. And I remember coming to, and I'm just like, once the meds kicked in, like, it was all good. Like, you know, I'm having a spiritual experience, you know. I was like, I'm never going to be a hand model anymore, you know, joking around. And, show, him, show Ramon your hands. Yeah. See, that's yeah. proof. Yeah. Yeah, you know, rough. whenever I flip Bob off. Yeah, you know, which is common. That's which common. Is common. Wait for it. Wait. Yeah, you just happen. have to wait. It's going to happen. And, you know, and it's crazy because, you know, I'm a barber. So, like, you know, my biggest fear was, like, something happening to my hands, you know. And um, people say your fears would never come true. It Actually. will if you're 
mm-hmm. idiot, they will. You know, if you do <laughs> dumb stuff, you know, they will. That's true. So, um, so I remember, like, my life was over. Like, like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, all I know how to do is cut hair. And, um, you know, like we talked last week, I, I've been in the gated community. So, like, mm-hmm. I never had that experience when I got out and stayed out of, like, you know, finding work because I had a trade. And, you know, crap, I was working in the military installation. And, you know, so I never really, like, you know, and nobody knew. You know, like, I got no problem telling people about me, but I don't carry myself like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, eventually, like, after, you know, the frostbite and whatnot, it was a long period of recovery, no insurance, you know. So, you know, I'm still paying off mm-hmm. that. I got insurance now, though. But, um and so it was just a long, long. And how many toes do you have left? Uh, technically, three point two five. Three point two five toes remaining. Yeah, but yeah. my friends call me Sammy Two Toes. It just sounds better. It does have a yeah, ring you know, to it. It's kind yeah. of got that it's old kind of a mob name. Mob name. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know, witness relocation program. You know, <laughs> I probably right. shouldn't say that now. Now there's going to be you know, uh, hitman outside. Yeah. I'm um, not going to give your phone number out. Uh, <laughs> it's no. going to be our little secret. Right on. But um, yeah. So it was but like you can call me and find it out. So uh, what, you're what cut is, off from donuts. No more. Oh, that's it. No more donuts. So what what was what would you say is the secret to your recovery? First of all, people helped you. They drove you. Yeah, people took care of me you when know, you were the like, rotting flesh guy. Yeah, like you know, like I'm you know here I I lost everything. I'm homeless basically, but you know. So one of my friends from my hometown, you know, he let me stay with him and his family. I completely destroyed the room I was staying in because basically, like the frostbite I had so bad, if you look like like my toes on my right foot, you could see the bone all the way across. Mm-hmm. So I was like a zombie, like, and I was smelling like rotting flesh, like the mm-hmm. zombie apocalypse was starting with me. <laughs> and like, even though I had bandages on my feet, I would leave like footprints of blood and pus wherever I went. So that room I stayed in for like three months completely had to completely remodel it, you know, tear out the carpet, put a new floor in. And, um, you know, my one friend, Joel, would drive me to the hospital and like it's like, you know, 20 degrees, you know, 10 degrees cold. And he's got all four windows down and a sunroof open in his, you know, in his little like, you know, SUV. And um, because like I smell like rotting flesh. It was just horrible. And then, of course, everybody's just like, you know, they don't want to say anything. Right. They're trying to be nice. But, you know, it's almost like, you know, they think I'm immune to it. I'm like, at least you go get out of the room. Like, wherever I go, this crap follows me and I have to smell it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I can't get away from it. So You can say anything you want to somebody if you're a guy if you start the start with the word dude. That's true. Dude, you smell like rotting flies. Yeah. It, it yeah, softens yeah. it. It's yeah. nice that way. Yeah, no, it just, you know, kind of. So, yeah. So, flash forward, then you end up uh, here. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff in between, you know, and eventually, I mean, I, I got a degree mm-hmm. in legal studies, an associate's degree, because at that time I was thinking about, you know, getting a bachelor's and looking at the options of going to law school, mm-hmm. and um, and I just, you know, I just didn't want to do it. And you got a place to live. Yeah, I got a place to you. live. You know, I um, got out of debt, and um, but you know, I like, you know. And, you know, I got a lot of good people in Alaska, but, like, once that happens, you don't like the cold anymore. Right. You know, like, it's just, it's painful to be in. And, like, I, you know, wanted to go someplace else. And, you know, so last year I made the decision, you know, and that's when I met you. I came down and looked looked for work. 
you hooked me up with like, you know, an opportunity for a job. I had a couple of opportunities like, okay, I'm going to move down there. I got a job. And um, I moved down like two months later, like single to mile. And you were washing dishes at Randy's. No, this is bef- no, this is when I got down here. Oh, the oh, the other barber. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you know, when I was still cutting hair, because I started cutting hair. Again. My barber. Can you imagine? And he uh, has how many fingers? Light yeah, I don't. My no, my barber. I I hook him up with my barber. Yeah, I see. Oh, wait, you, wait a minute. How many fingers does your barber? He have? doesn't need any to cut my hair. Uh, yeah, I can see. Yeah. And here's another funny story about that. They used to, when the old barbershop I worked at, I cut above in Anchorage, they would talk about Speedy, the legend of Speedy. He was a barber that was missing half his hand, so he wasn't very fast. Mm-hmm. And I used to like, how does somebody cut missing half their hand? Half my hand don't work. And, um, and I can tell know. you how they cut. Now you know. They cut poorly. But <laughs> <laughs> you have to work. It's a discount deal. You have to work on your personality. Yeah, you know, and um, and I was never like really good with people until like my life mm-hmm. depended on it, you know, because my my physical skill wasn't as good. But uh, yeah, I get down here and all these, you know, I got a great place to live, met some really cool people. Uh, Scottsdale is just a you know Arizona is just a beautiful place. He lives to live. in a swanky uh, kind of a swanky area. Is you it know, also gated? Here's, here's a here's a trivia. Remember Bob Crane. Yes. Hogan's Heroes was mm-hmm. murdered in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. He lives in the same complex that that happened. Is that right? That's right. What's it called? Winfield, Winfield Place. Winfield Place. Watch out for tripods. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. That's a bad thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's great. Uh, you know, like, I think it's like, yeah, God's got a plan because everything happened quick. I'm supposed to be here. And then once I get down here, things just don't work out as planned. And, um, you know, I can't find a decent place to cut hair because I'm used to, you know, I'm used to making, you know, almost 70000 a year cutting hair in Alaska. And uh, I get down here and I'm working for 14 bucks an hour at a chain place where, you know, I have to do, you know, I got to learn how to do, like waxing those hairs. I've never done. The first I, guy. I, I, I thought the rotting flesh story was gross. Now we're up to waxing dude, nose I'm hair. waxing a dude's nose hair. Getting and worse. I'm like, and I don't know how to do it, but they're kind of like the boss is forcing me to do it because it puts money in, you know, it's different. It's like, I quit. I'm out. And the poor guy, like, I'm like yanking, but not yanking hard enough because I don't want to hurt him. But at the same time, I'm hurting him because I'm not yanking hard enough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so um, needless to say, I don't really work there anymore. Yeah, well, <laughs> and um, stuff and, happens. And I remember I'm with you one day eating lunch because you're feeding me, you know, breakfast and lunch basically. And and we're at Randy's. But it's at Randy's, the cheapest place in town. Yeah, yeah, great service, awesome place. I love it, and I live like 0.2 miles from it, so it's really easy for Bob to feed me. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm down there and I'm having a hard time. You know, I'm doing Instacart and Uber Eats, and I'm from a town of 5,900 people with one stoplight. So Uber Eats was horrible. You know, because I'm getting lost, I can't find the places, and so I just shut it off. You know, in mid delivery, shut it off because I'm freaking out because I don't know where I'm mm-hmm. supposed to go. So I was not, <laughs> I'm not doing well. You know, but you used to freak out more than you do now. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing a little better now, yeah. and um, you know. Ended up in the hospital for about, you know, five days, you know, and um, ironically called Quail Run. You remember now that? He, call, he calls me up and he says, hey, I am on my way to the liquor store to buy a bunch of booze, not because I want to drink, just because I want to off myself and I want to not have feelings about it. Is that yeah. accurate? Yeah. So I, I go, uh, where are you? He tells me where he is. I said, I'm going to come over there immediately. 
And then we drove directly to the hospital where we told them you were thinking about uh, doing bad things to yourself. And then they don't let you leave. They give you a special little armband, I think, at that yeah. point. And then you had round the clock supervision. And I was there with you for 12 hours. Yeah. And then our, our friend uh, Ellen yeah. was there because her dad was in the hospital. Angry Frank. Sadly, he passed away recently. Really? He was in, yeah, he did. So uh, that was just weeks ago. Wow. Not, but he was old. You know, he was supposed to do that. So, um, uh, but na- so that was a dark time. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm in more this adversity. And but now, look at you now. Well, the great thing, the hospital was named Quail Run. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the hospital. I'm like, well, and like you know, quails are like those little dumb birds that run in the middle of traffic. Yeah. And I'm thinking like they can fly too. They just don't. Those are suicide birds. And the whole right. five days I was there, I'm like, they named this hospital Suicide Bird Run. It's kind of a bad name for a mental health facility. Yeah, yeah, you know, but that's the only takeaway I got from that. But, um, yeah, so, you know, get get out of there and, you know, I meet you at Randy's one day and you're like, hey, just sign this. Don't say anything. Don't complain. Just sign this. The next thing you know, I'm washing dishes. What was that thing? It was an application for Randy's. That's right. I I make – I close – because I'm a closer. Uh Always be closing, right? Absolutely. So don't ask questions. Just sign here, and the next day you're employed. Yeah. yeah. Next day I'm working at Randy's. So if you can't find a job, you come to have lunch with me. By the time that lunch is over, you will be employed. You'll hate your job, but you will be employed. And and you got to understand. So at that point, like here I am in the washing dishes, like 47 years old, washing dishes, and um, you know, having and by 47 he means extremely young and good looking. Yeah, very mm-hmm. young and good looking. A punk. Come on. So, yeah, so you know, 47 washing dishes. I got, you know, an associate's degree and two professional licenses. And I'm, you know, and like, and I still kind of got a job at that barber shop, but you got me washing dishes. But I'm not going to say no, right? Because, you know, it's like, do this. And we train you, know, you not to say no. Well, yeah, because, you know, obviously your life's a little better than mine. Not that much. Uh, just a little bit, you know. And um, so, so but, I have to hang out with Ramon. I mean, it can't be that good. It yeah. can't be that good. So, of course, I'm thinking like, so now I'm working at Randy's, and like I used to go there every morning with my friends. Now, like my friends are there, and I'm like slaving away. <laughs> and so I'm like, he makes slavery sound like a bad thing. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, come on, does Bob hate me? Is he trying to? No, not no. Know, well, you know, I get a little paranoid, and and um, and I'm thinking like, this is not what I signed up for, man. This is not what like you know, like moving was it supposed to be. And do I go back? You know, like like what's going on? And um and I'm applying for jobs and you know I would get to like the final interview but it just doesn't happen you know they like me you know like you know every recruiter I talk to pretty much likes me and they they give you know they try to get me in but you know like I don't have experience other than cutting hair and a lot of customer service and so now I'm washing dishes and I'm like you know and you know the last time I was in Arizona washing dishes you know I was you know I was in Florence. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, um, you know, like in the gated communities. Right. You know. But you can't get fired. Yeah. You, you, you can't get fired, oh, actually. Is that right? Even oh, in the joint, you yeah, can get fired. Yeah, you can get fired, man. I would be that guy that get fired. In the oh, yeah. Thing. You definitely could lose your job. Or, you I'm know. sorry, Bob. This isn't working out. Uh, you're not living up to your potential. It'd be nice to say, we have to let you go. And you could say, fine. I'll, yeah. I'll <laughs> I was hoping you'd let me go. Yeah. The only matter. way you're going to go is on the track team. The track team is the guys that actually escaped from that place. Ah, I see. Right before I got down there. But anyways, so yeah, so here I'm washing dishes and, and like not knowing how I'm going to, you know, like that's not enough to get by. 
But um, I just keep on, you know, just doing it. Like, what else am I going to do? And applying for jobs. And, and I, it was a fork in the road situation where I got this job at a hospital, and you were really glad about that. And, you know, some of my friends in Alaska and my mentor back there was kind of glad about that. Good place to work, benefits. and But, you know, again, it's just like it's washing dishes, and it's like thirteen forty an hour. Like, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. And then I had – I was pretty sure I could have got hired for Rocket Auto – you know, selling cars on the internet. Which is a shameless plug, Rocket Auto. <laughs> Which, but I did the research, you know, and it was enticing. Like, you can make 80000 a month right now. And it was very enticing. But, like, I did the research. I'm like, you know, I need stability. And it's, it doesn't matter how much money, you know. What's the moral of this story, Sam? Just take the right action. Do the next right thing. And now, like, I'm washing dishes. I'm working way too much. But I got great benefits, and doors are opening. Ice cream. Ice cream and donuts is the moral of the story. Ice cream and donuts. I was wondering how we'd get back to that. And in one day, you know, like the door's opening for me to start making and selling like gourmet ice cream. Okay, because I'm a trained professional, I actually do know the moral of the story. Let's hear it. Watch how this works. Okay, so I've known Sam for how long? Uh, over a year, right over yeah. a year. So I saw him at his lowest moment ever, probably, just about. And now the improvement is amazing. So uh, if you are a real estate agent and you think it can't get better, and I've had adversity in my life while I was a real estate agent, and I thought it couldn't get better, and I thought it couldn't get any worse, but it did get better because I did the next right thing. So you can't think your way into right acting. You must act your way into right thinking. You got to take the action. Yeah. So uh, I've had a lot of of coaching students that have had uh, similar adversities actually in their life. And they've turned that around and end up making – and, you know, everything is relative. I always say if uh, Bill Gates woke up tomorrow with Oprah's money, he'd throw himself out a window. So you think things are bad in your life. All you got to do is watch the Ukraine show for five minutes on TV and you'll realize you don't have it all that bad. No. So uh, if, if you're out there, you have to prospect your way into right thinking. That's the, that's the secret. So when I was new, I didn't know what I was doing. You were new as a barber. You didn't know what you were doing. You were new as a dishwasher. Everybody knows how to wash dishes a little bit, don't they? I'm fantastic at it for no pay, I will say so, um, so I hope. So, first of all, thank you, Sammy, for joining us. Uh, if anybody uh, is needing help in their real estate career, you can call me. If you need a ride to a meeting, Sam would be your guy to call. Uh, you can reach him through me. Uh, but if you're a real estate company owner, you happen to be recruiting fewer producing agents. This is the shameless plug. Let's do the shameless plug music. Time for Bob Leffler's shameless plug. We should have done the coffee when I want coffee. So uh, I want to thank Sam for joining us. I want to thank all of you for joining us. But if anything we talk about on this podcast makes sense, you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. And if you're earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help with that, and that's the moral of the story. You have to reach out for help and uh, ask the people. And I'm honored that you have reached out to me and asked me to help you. And, and you've helped me by being on the podcast. So we killed some time here. That was nice, as we always like to do. <laughs> 
So you can always call me directly. Please do give us a five-star review of this podcast. Sign up and subscribe at fearlessagent.tv. Go to our website at fearlessagent.com. Watch the videos there. And uh, if you think what we do might be a good fit for you, if you know it's a good fit, you can, of course, sign up for our coaching and we'd be happy to help you. But uh, otherwise, let's have a conversation first to see if it would be a good fit for you. And uh, if it is, you will get rich. And if it's not, uh, I'm still happy to help you in any other ways I can. So until next week, do the three things we always do, Sammy. It is have fun. Sam, you're going to have fun today, aren't you? Oh, yes, I am. You're going to be humble. Be humble. Be humble and then be fearless. Thanks, Gay. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.